from the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Boy, everything continues to go on uh, as the new normal. Joining me now, Seth Barron. Hey, Seth. Hey, Pat. How are you? I'm good. What's uh, what's new in your world? You know, just uh, quarantining, having a lot of fun, thinking about you know everything. What I'm really looking forward to is reading all of people's um, reflections on what it was like to be in quarantine. I expect for the next five years or so, we'll be getting a lot of <laughs> like journals and diaries and pensive yeah. meditations on the meaning of sitting in your room, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just things about what people were thinking as they kind of looked at themselves in the mirror. It's going to be great. Yes. It's going to be really interesting. Right. I'm already anticipating the excitement of reading those things, and some of them are going to be better than others. Like this one of a violent Brooklyn man suspected of butchering his father should be more interesting than most. He he walked into a shop near the grisly crime scene. He claimed he not only killed his dad, but also ate parts of his body. 26-year-old Colette Ahmed allegedly entered a park uh, bagels. Over in Diker, Diker's Heights, he was drenched in blood, ranting to a clerk about the murder, which is what, you know, where else, who else would you tell, you know? Yeah. Uh, those, those bodega workers, they want you out of their store, so they will, sure, sure. They will, they'll call the police. Uh, apparently, you're familiar with this a little bit. One of the store's owners alerted the officer that was outside, and it appears his partner was having an interaction with the person that they know is, is a regular and is crazy. Perk was ranting about how he killed Nate's father. He had visible signs of blood on him. And they handcuffed him. Uh, so he's, uh, the guy is 26-year-old Khaled Ahmed. Yeah. People react to quarantine in different ways. And I, this is his way, I suppose. You know, I mean, I'm sure that his dad was not happy to know he was going to be sequestered for an extended period with his psychopath son. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, what I liked about this guy was um, Khaled Ahmed didn't like living in Brooklyn. And he had started a GoFundMe to raise a million dollars so he could go and live in Palestine. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I'm sure his dad contributed a certain amount to that. No, I don't think his dad did. I think that's the problem. I think his dad had sold the bodega that they owned and wasn't going to give him any money. I, I don't know. I don't really know, actually, but. Yeah, I like the idea of starting to GoFundMe to say, can I, will you give me a million dollars? I mean, you could probably live very well in Palestine on a million dollars. Right, yeah, sure. Yeah. Can, I, can I get a million dollars to go to a place that doesn't exist? Well, I mean... Uh, he cry, I mean, d- does it? I don't, I, there is no Palestine, is there? Sure, I mean, that's like saying there's, that's <laughs> like saying there's no Diker Heights. I mean, what the hell? There's no, there's no Chelsea. Okay, so Palestine is just a, a neighborhood for the uh, rental brokers to, uh, be, so they can sell it. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, look, it's a place. I mean, it may not be like there's dispute about what exactly it constitutes, but there's certainly like the Palestinian territories. Right. It's just not. It's not. A, it's not like an official country. It's not, an but official he did, country. It's not like he said, "I want. To, I want to go to the official country of Palestine or the, or the Republic of Palestine." Yeah, I, I don't know what he wants to do, but uh, I heard that um, the people, I guess the bodega his dad owned was in Far Rockaway, and the, um, like the people around there said, oh yeah, he was a nice man, and you know how you know he was a nice man is 
his store never got robbed. Oh, wow. No, that, that, that means he's not a nice man. No, that means he is a nice man. That's how you... No, it means they're afraid of oh, him. Oh, God, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> he's probably got a gun back there, you know? I mean, well, like, because if you have a choice of robbing, obviously, one that uh, is, is armed or one that's not, you're going to take the one that's not. Uh, yeah, you may have a point. Um, but I like the idea that that sort of says that, well, if you got robbed, that means that you had it coming because you weren't very nice to the people. You're right you about that. Yeah, extend right. credit. Wasn't a nice man. Right. He, uh, this guy griped uh, in the GoFundMe page about uh, when he's talking about what he doesn't like about Brooklyn. as uh, Khaled Ahmed. He said, uh, there's cockroaches everywhere, yeah. including in his bed. Ew. Proce- processed food and the lack of money. Ew. S- smells like dog piss everywhere, even in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he said? Um, no. Yeah, see, that's the thing. If, he, if only he could have gone to magical Palestine, then everything would have been awesome. Yeah. And, and he wouldn't have had to um, murder his dad. But it's kind of funny. It's like, Hamas really uh, dropped the ball. Like, they've got this guy here in Brooklyn totally willing to decapitate a family member and eat mm. part of his body. <laughs> and they, they could have made such good use of this guy if they had been, um, like, on their toes. They could have, like, had yeah. him out there. He, 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 think what he would have done to, to, like, Jews or, like, you know, like, <laughs> or crusaders or whatever infidels yeah he would have been like great for them this is the most recruitable guy in brooklyn and they somehow they, missed they it. totally dropped the ball that, that that it's their loss because uh you know now he's going to be uh probably i would assume uh in jail no i don't think so why would they put him in jail well you know Good question. It depends on what I they mean, he hurt his dad, but obviously he's not going to go hurt somebody else. Right. He only has one dad, last I checked. And that guy's gone now. Um, yeah. And, so. I mean, maybe they'll put him in jail when once there's a vaccine. But until there's a vaccine, we can't really put people <laughs> in jail. That's. And I don't care how long it takes. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It takes what it, it, however long it takes. It takes it takes as long as it takes. Uh, by contrast, he, he gave four reasons why he wanted to go back uh, to Palestine. He went, I want to be in my country. Yeah. Food is great. Yeah. Family, nice yeah. weather, and restful sleep with no cockroaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy loves family. He has good family values. As high dollar amount he was seeking, the balding Ahmad. Uh, the reasons included, uh, quote, "Look at my hair," and then he put one of these. Uh, Sad face Aww. emoticon things. Yeah. Oh, what is he? Kind of problem with his hair. He's got like male pal- pattern balding. <laughs> you know, there's a photo of him here, and yeah, he does have a he does have a 16 inch. Kind of seems like you could get um. I mean, there's all kinds of solutions. There's hair club for men. There's that stuff that you sort of spray on. There's like you can get a wig. You can get plugs. I don't think any of those cost a million dollars, and you certainly don't need to go to Palestine to get them. Yeah, I mean they've got and they've got them for everybody. There's the Muhammad secret, <laughs> uh, which I've seen in the neighborhoods. It's not worth killing your dad and oh, going all the way to Palestine Christ. for it. the family values. He wants to be with family. I'm sure that they can't wait. I know, to, right? Uh, have him. <laughs> well, I was wondering. Do you think that? I hope the NYPD didn't screw up because if he is if he's Palestinian, they have to call the Palestinian consulate. 
or else his rights oh, are right. violate. Did they violate his rights? I'm sh- well, yeah, by definition, by by uh, arresting him uh, now they have uh, because they've endangered it. They've endangered his life unnecessarily. He's an innocent man. He hasn't been. He proven has not guilty. been proven guilty. And unless you've been proven guilty, you cannot restrain someone's freedom. Can't limit it. You can't restrain. That's right. It. I mean, you can now. You can tell them to stay inside. Uh, you know. By threat of uh, arrest or under threat of uh, fining. Well, that's different because that's for for safety. That's for saving lives, you see. And if we had the tests, then we wouldn't have to do that. Where's the tests? Where's the tests? This is a. (laughs) Where's my test? I want to be tested right now. I would. Where's my. I want to be tested now and then I want to be tested tomorrow. And then I want to be tested the next day because I might have caught it on my way from. The testing Each site. and every day, I want to be tested. Maybe even more than once a day. You know? I mean, look, I'm I'm not one of these people who thinks that uh, coronavirus is all like a big hoax. Not on Mike or not. <laughs> but at the same time, um, the way it kind of feels like what they're they're demanding that Trump perform, like it reminds me of like Rumpelstiltskin, like some kind of absurd set of like uh, thing, like ta- impossible tasks. That he has to do. Like, nope, we cannot reopen the country until every single American is tested within one six hour period. (laughs) And everyone get their results back right away. And then it's all done again at 48 hours. And, you know, this type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. They've, uh, they've, they've, they don't want it. It's strange, though. You would think that everybody would want this, but we're not all on the same page on that at all. It seems uh, that there's one political party that's more for it, and then there's one more uh, political party that seems really, although they they say they're not against it per se, they don't. That, that's not what they say. It's just like, oh no, we have to worry. We have to be concerned with lives. Yes. Well, the other funny thing is because like Cuomo and De Blasio and everybody keeps saying we are. This is a, we are at war, right? Yeah, we're on a war footing. Okay, you know, I think that's fair. If you want to put it in those terms, that's fine. But then they say we cannot sacrifice one human life. <laughs> but the whole thing about going to war is exactly that you're going to sacrifice. You have a goal, and you're going to sacrifice an untold number of lives to achieve that goal. Like that's what World War Two was. Well. We have to defeat Germany and Japan. And yeah, it's going to cost like, okay, well, maybe it'll cost 400,000, the lives of 400,000 young men. Um, well, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's the price you got to pay in war. But for this, there's no, no human cost is, is, um, can be acceptable. And if it does, I mean, it's not like people said, FDR, you are a murderer. You murdered 400,000 soldiers because, you sent them off to war. I mean, I guess a couple, maybe a few people said that. But how do you, if you're going to have a war, well, then it kind of seems like you're, you got to accept that there's going to be some casualties. Yeah. And yes, and there will be, like, sure, look, I don't think, I mean, do, do the opponents really want to shut down society forever until there's no, until, like, there's no deaths across the country for everybody? Look, nobody gets sick. Everybody. Just wrap yourselves up in cotton wool and don't do anything. We have to have a 24-hour period with nobody dying of anything. And yeah. then we'll be safe. Yeah, don't I mean, look, don't I, move. I, I, yeah, right. Don't move. Um, 
I know I know I'm probably sounding like some kind of nut job, but uh and I'm in favor of the lockdown in New York City, let me just say. I mean, I think that it's it's worked, it's working, but I think it makes sense to think that places that aren't having a major problem can start to reopen. I mean, I don't see what's wrong with that. I don't either, but I I don't I also don't see that a lockdown was really necessary. I don't see that the body count changed a great deal. Once the lock, it didn't peak until after the lockdown. And I don't know that right. it would, well, that I don't, makes but, sense yeah, because... I, but, but I don't know that it would not have been exactly the same. You okay. don't, I mean, you don't, you can't, you, you know, it's okay to believe that it's the lockdown, but I mean, I don't, there's obviously, you know, I mean, there's, and there's evidence, I suppose, you know, like, as you said, the cases finally kind of catch up, they peak and then they start to taper off. Uh, that might have happened otherwise, but I mean, like nothing else they said was right. Um, well, what I do is I look at the example of the country that handled this the best, Italy. Is, no, China, because who? I mean, China total has le- had less than five thousand deaths. That's so true, that's and really, they did a lockdown. That's really impressive, and they they did a lockdown. Yeah, and they managed to keep their death toll so low. I mean, how'd they do that? I don't know. We, we have a lot to learn from them. It's it's that they are the official uh, you know, country of math and smoke and mirrors, and so who knows? But <laughs> yeah, right. Italy also, you know, their body count isn't reliable. They're trying to scale it down somewhat now, but they did a lockdown right away. You know, the only country that hasn't done a lockdown, Sweden, and Sweden has you know small fewer deaths than than many countries. I don't know if it'll hold, but you know that's what they're doing. It's more well, of an optional thing. They you know like you can old people you know you should maybe stay out of it. But, uh, the, you know, the, the bars are open, restaurants are open, people are drinking and dancing and having fun. Well, let's see what happens. But in Sweden, it's a sexless society. That might be it, too, because they have the Swedish model for rape and prostitution. Oh, yes. Which means, yeah, if, you, uh, if you're a man, you go to jail, uh, whether you're buying, selling, or raping or getting raped. It's, uh, it's, it's sort of like reverse Islam there. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, well, that sounds like a nice. That sounds like a nice way to do it. It's a. It's maybe that's a, for another show. Uh, uh, the uh, 120th precinct taking temperatures as a precaution. Dermot Shea said that uh, during a live Q and A, Staten Island's 120th, that's in St. George, in the Forgotten Borough, was among eight commands throughout the city piloting temperature taking measures in response to limiting uh, the spread of coronavirus. So I guess that's where, one. Where are they doing it? That uh, the well, eight, uh, seven the more places right? besides, uh, you know, the precinct there. Yeah, I suppose for officers, oh. you know. Oh sure. Yeah. The thing about that is, it kind of seems like a little bit beside the point because coronavirus is transmittable before you have symptoms. I mean, okay, it's great that you get somebody who has a fever. Mm-hmm. But, well, um, it's transmittable when you when you have zero symptoms. It's also transmittable whether or not you've been in contact with anyone who has it. It's 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 transmittable seemingly in situ in, in every situation imaginable. You know, I mean, it's some of this they have to bend it a little bit. I don't I don't know that all these so called asymptomatic people are actually suffering from corona from you know an actual case of coronavirus you kind of don't really believe that coronavirus even exists no no i believe it exists i believe that it exists i really do i do here's what here's what i believe happened because this is what makes the most sense to me is that and 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 i've heard this postulated and i believe it's it's documented somewhere but i mean like at this point i don't i've even gotten tired of 
conspiracy theorizing on the whole thing. I think it's just that when they got the sample, they didn't separate it from the genetic material around it. And then when they send that off and say, this is coronavirus, you know, then it becomes a lot easier to detect a positive because anybody with similar genetic material or with inflammation that matches the whatever this other patient di- you know, died of or was suffering from, then they have coronavirus. You, you, they, you get you know, you get tested positive because you had, uh, I don't know, high blood pressure or diabetes or something. Well, maybe. I mean, I, 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 I'm under the, I, I, I was under the impression that they, that they can detect the virus, but you know, look, I don't know. I, I, well, no, the virus is just broadly defined is all, is what I'm saying. Maybe. I mean that you do, do I mean, obviously you, you understand what I mean, but you just don't, you don't believe it. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, where I work, we've been editing a lot of, you know, I'm an editor at this magazine and we've been publishing a lot by various like virologists. Um, I mean, they haven't really come down on saying that, but, um, but it's an interesting point. I could ask one of them. Well, and uh, yeah, I'll see if I can find a, uh, a link that might make it a little, uh, a little less uh, hearsay-ish, but it, uh, it, I mean, like, here's the thing about it is it would just explain a lot, and uh, and so I know that's like connecting a dot or whatever for me, anyway. Yeah. Since I haven't really read the documentation, okay. you know, the other part of it is, is they wouldn't let anybody in to Wuhan when they were doing those. Uh, they wouldn't let anybody into the labs. They wouldn't let anybody see what it. You know, so I, I think that there has to. Well, that would violate Chinese sovereignty, and that's not. You can't do that. Right. You can't expect that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's really the important thing here uh, is uh, Chinese that's sovereignty. Pri- that's private. That's private. <laughs> uh, in, in Queens, a 25-year-old man shot during a melee at a Queens housing project died after clinging to life for a week. And, uh, now he did. Darian Ramdial, part of an argument. Darian Ramdial, part okay. of a, sounds like a boxer, doesn't it? Could be. Part of an argument between the two groups outside Astoria Houses on 27th Avenue, New 3rd Street. Blasted in the lower torso. Man, that would be a shitty place to get shot. Oh, right around, like, say, right below your navel, maybe? Like, yeah. in that area down there? Like, like yeah. a gut, like, shot in the lower gut. Navel pubes. Between the navel and the pubes. And mm. just, like, right there. Probably, yeah, it could, it could hit your pubis, I guess. Just in that area. Yeah, just that's a that's a low kind of a, you know, that's not a common place. If you feel a pain there, it really gets your attention. Why be like that? Yeah, well, anyway, that guy. Do you say why be like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> um, can we talk about the, the one case that I've been kind of obsessed about? Oh, my God. Okay, like there was this nurse, Bellevue Hospital, and she... Hardworking. You didn't say hardworking. Okay, but she had COVID. She actually had the disease, oh. got over it, and was going back to work when she was set upon by all these teens from a nearby group home. Teens. Who beat the shit out of her and robbed her. And she only, like, some people drove by and were yelling, like, hey, cut that out. And then they ran away. Yes, yes. Yeah, I did. But, I, um, I, I thought this, this case was pretty, um, that seemed pretty egregious. Doesn't that seem like, um, like kind of like a, I mean, 
Bellevue Hospital, for anyone who doesn't know, it's, you know, it's, it's actually, it's not far away from the neighborhood you and I were talking about last time, like Kipps Bay. Yes. That, that woman was stabbed in the wine store. You and I house. visited that, uh, that Bellevue one yes. time. The, uh... Yes, we did walk over there. But um, it's not exactly like a, a bad area. I mean, it's a pretty like, I mean, there's a lot of hospitals over there. I guess the Bellevue Men's Shelter is next door. So there's some, it's a, it's a little deserted, but it's not exactly like what you think of as like a high crime neighborhood. Right. Um, so you wouldn't normally expect to hear about some nurse at 10 p.m. getting like, like totally brutalized by a gang of feral youth. <laughs> um, that sounded kind of like something from the 80s. Sure. I think that, that's sort of like... Um, to me, that was like an ugly and ominous sign. Well, it's one of many. Headed towards like a big shit show. Well, you know, they, it's, it's, it was sort of a theme uh, on a recent episode where there was a woman who was getting money out of an ATM, beaten up and robbed. Oh, she was strangled, by the way, too. Uh, and then this, well, this, this individual that you mentioned, the, the uh, nurse, you know, same thing. Anytime a woman is walking alone on the street now is a uh, cause for concern. Apparently, it's uh, spread into Manhattan pretty well. Although, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it seemed like we had a bunch all of a sudden, but you always have to be somewhat selective about printing crime news. What are you going to go with? Because there's a certain amount of things that happen and a certain amount of column inches, I guess, as they say, even with online for some reason. So they they're not going to print everything. I think that maybe a lot of these things occur normally, and they put stuff out that that seems to indicate stay inside. You know, I mean, this is what happens if you go out. No, 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 no. This is this is there's a there's a big uptick. There's there's more violent crime now than there was like a year ago. Oh uh, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, but I mean, there's still less now than there was before lockdown. But okay, that's true. But. Look, uh, like, for instance, the MTA has had, like, what, like a 30 or 40 percent decline in ridership, but well, only like a 3 percent decline in crime. It's funny you say that, because according to uh, the MTA, they have had more like a 93 percent drop in ridership. Oh, OK. Well, whatever it is, but they have... Let me. I, I I have the. Um, well, anyway, I mean, their crime numbers have not dropped that that far because uh, um, we have um, a lot of a lot of criminals on the subway. I mean, I think we've had like three murders in the last two months. Normally, like there's one murder a year in the subways. Yeah, it's uh, something's going on. Uh, there's fewer people around, and I, I think that fewer people around. It's it's not the criminals that are going to go inside. I mean, they so I, I think the, not. The, so like fewer people around just makes it a, a, an easier proposition, I guess. City council rather wants it both ways on on the MTA, I'm, and this is just I know that it's not your larger point, but talking about the MTA, they want the they four of them want the subway shut down. They've they've asked uh, Cuomo to please, please, for the love of God, shut down the subways because there's been a, a big problem with uh, people getting COVID-19, you know, spreading the virus. And the uh, problem is that the trains are so crowded because they've stopped running so many trains. Right. So 
since they stopped writing, you know, they're packed and and they cite reports of the of the trains being packed. Okay, here, here's here's exactly what it said. Uh, I believe in the post. The councilmen also cite news reports of crowded subway cars and buses when the MTA cut service due to lower ridership. This crowding becomes a hotspot for COVID nineteen transmission and presents an extreme an extreme danger to everyone on board. Okay, now it and it goes on to say worsening the problem. Homeless New Yorkers are seeking refuge on the subways and taking over entire train cars, further endangering themselves and others. Taking all of this information into account, we believe that the New York City transit system is a primary contributor to the spread. Now, uh, they're, they're talking about the employees also, because they, they say they haven't been issued their PPE yet, which right. I would have thought they would wear their own masks and whatever. they get. Well, they get one mask a week or something, and that's not enough. Okay. Also, simultaneous to this, and I know that it's, it's some explaining, there's, there's people in the city council who want more money from the federal government. They already got a certain amount. Now they want more. They want several billion more. Yes. And they want it because they need to keep the trains running. They don't want to have an interruption of service. Right. Which runs counter to shutting the trains down. So uh, the MTA chairman, Patrick Foy, has reported ridership has declined 93% on subways, 95% on Metro North, and 97% on the Long Island Railroad. Well, I guess I misspoke. Well, I mean, this is just a news story. I don't know. Maybe you have a different information. No, no. Here's You know what? I had my numbers wrong. Yes, ridership is down 92%. But crime is only down 30% on the subway. That's disproportionate, and that's racist. <laughs> right. No, but, like, you know, if, if ridership is down 90%, you would expect crime to be down, you know, close to that. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, uh, they're, they're doing uh, twofers and threefers and whatnot down there. That's and what it sounds like. They need to shut the trains down, and that would bring it down. If that, that means if they shut them down, it would only go down to, like, you know, it would only go down maybe another 3 or 4%. <laughs> well, see, here, really? The, the people, the, the council members who want to shut the trains down are sort of the conservative block of the city council. Uh, oh, what, Really? Yes. Okay. Now here's what I don't mean to interrupt, but the guys who who want the money to keep the to uh, the uh, is a friend of Trump's or something. The guy who asked for more money because they wanted to to not shut him down. Who the, said that? The, the ones who cited the uh, who uh, cited Peter Foy's uh, reported you know ridership. Pat, Pat Foy. Pat Foy. Yeah, Patrick Foy. Um. Well. Who who are the councilmen who want to shut down the subways? Wasn't it like Holden and Ulrich and those guys? Uh, let me check really quickly. I can find out very sure, quickly. Sure. Yeah, I see. I, but but I'm sure you're right about that. Yeah, are those, is that the conservative block who want to shut it down? Yeah. That seems very strange to me. That's that. Don't you, don't you find that odd? Well, yeah, because uh, that doesn't really go down... along with reopening the city. No, not at all. And then that's what I, uh, of course, a Republican in New York is, is not a Republican in uh, Oklahoma City. Right. Uh, so it says uh, Governor Cuomo should temporarily shut down the NYC subways to help slam the brakes on the coronavirus. Uh, and it says it's it's Robert Holden, Eric Ulrich, uh, yeah, Mark Ganage, yeah. and Peter Koo. Mark Jonai. Yeah. So sort of like the, the more conservative uh, leaning council members. But here's the thing, like, if you were to really do that, shut down the subway, well, I mean, you would, you would pretty much be shutting down 
like whatever's the last gasps of business in New York City. I mean, I know they have some plan like, no, we could get Lyft and Uber to give people rides. I mean, I don't see how that's going to work. I mean, there are still people who have to get to work. Um, yeah. You know, there's still some people working. Uh, so I don't really, I mean, look, I empathize with the perspective. And you know what? Maybe like a month ago when they started this, they really should have just gone all out. And, you know, I think there is an argument to be made that we kind of, we've been pussyfooting around this whole shutdown thing and that it isn't, um, that we didn't really, we haven't really shut things down uh, enough in New York. Well, I... You disagree. Of course. I mean, I, I, I think that it's it's a, just a tremendous overstep. I, I, I don't, I'm not the one quoting the founding fathers all the time and everything, but I mean, Ben, ben Franklin or whatever, whoever the fuck it was who said that, you know, something to the effect that you shouldn't trade your freedom for security, you know, and that... Uh, or did he say that we need to soak the roots of the tree of liberty with the blood of oppressors? Well, I, <laughs> I think when he said both of those, he wasn't even talking about government. He was talking about his marriage. Yeah, or maybe so. he was just talking about, it's like in being there, he was actually just talking about, well, yes, you need to pour blood into the roots of your tree to make it grow. <laughs> Point is, where does the fucking money go? In the, in the MTA? Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they have huge, huge um, labor costs. And like these like retiree health care costs are just like soaring. But this is the problem in New York City, too. Uh, you know, because most New York City retirees, of which there are many, pay nothing. They get lifetime health benefits and they pay nothing in premiums. Now, most people pay something in their premium. Like say you retire and, and you get a, uh, you know, you get your pension and you get your, if you have health care paid for by, you know, your former employer. I mean, this is very, not, not a lot of people have this anymore, but um, you still, you have to pay part of the premiums, but New York city employees don't have to. So look, there's all kinds of, um, the unions have struck very, very rich deals with yeah. the city and the MTA. Right. I mean, MTA labor costs are out of this world. I mean, what's funny is you would think, like you hear about Europe. And it's like, yeah, in Europe, the workers and the unions, they have all this power. Not at all. I mean, in New York City, it costs like, I don't know, if you want to build a, like a rail tunnel, it comes out to like $2 billion a mile. Over in Sweden and France, they do it for like $100 million a mile. They do it much cheaper. Beautiful tunnels, best tunnels you've ever seen, way yeah, cheaper well, and faster. It's true. It's true. Because yeah. here, like they're set, I mean, it's like New York City is run by the union, by construction, like development, developers, and the construction companies and the unions. And they're all just like, let's get our chunk. Yeah. Um, Not a lot of so, civic duty in that. I mean, yeah, there's like all of these old, I mean, there's probably some like sandhog types listening who are going to like have your head, but there's all these rules like when they, when the MTA is building some new tunnel, like there's these work rules that they apply 
from like 120 years ago that like you know you have to have 20 guys working on on every on this machine and there's job titles that have no function anymore like the oiler the guy who has to make sure that the wheels are well oiled because like 100 years ago yeah. The wheels were, you know what I'm saying? Some like, fellow with an oil can would run out and. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But but it's all like self contained now. Or like you have to have a guy standing on each side of every load to make sure it doesn't topple over, you know, because like they used to have a fucking horse carrying it all on a wagon. Uh huh. Yeah, right. I understand. There's probably some things too that don't move forward and develop because of, no, we need, we have, we need to keep that job so we can. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So even if it hasn't been eliminated, many of them should be. Yes. So, you know, this is where a lot of the money, I mean, the MTA is just ridiculous. I mean, people, one time at work, like these guys came in from France, these professors of, you know, urban planning or whatever. And they just wanted to talk about infrastructure in New York City. And like they were doing like comparative infrastructure stuff. And we were like, well, you've seen the subway, right? And they were just kind of like, they looked embarrassed. They were like, yeah, uh, <laughs> what nice. the hell? So nice. Like to go into the New York City subway, it's like you take your life into your hands. I don't know, even talking about the crime, just everything about it looks all like it's falling apart. I mean, it's ridiculous. Even the door announcement sounds tired. Stand clear of the closing. Yeah, right? Um, no, it's all outmoded and, and not in good shape. There's a lot of it. That's one thing. There's still more track. Oh, there's tons. You, you know, know. Than, than anywhere else in the world. It's the largest in that sense, but it is. And it works. I mean, it, it works, works fine. Keep yeah. around. But, um, but it needs to I be don't free. Know. <laughs> it needs to be free, absolutely. Yeah, of course. So I don't really know where they're going to. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Things are looking really terrible. I don't know how they're going to get people back into the subways. They have to privatize uh, it. It's the only thing they can do is privatize it. I think because can you imagine if you have a business and here's the deal with the business: if you fuck it up and lose all kinds of money, well, here's the upside. Uh, the federal government will give you $4 billion and then and then more later if, if it's not enough. You know, I mean, anytime the federal government's going to bail you out, you don't run it according to the greatest practices. Well, I mean, I guess that would make sense if it weren't the case that the federal government seems to bail out all kinds of private businesses like all the time. What are you talking about? Like, well, not, not, like not. The airlines, the banks. I mean, they're bailing out. They're giving trillions of dollars away as we speak no i understand that but it's you know it's few and far between it's legendary it's it's generally speaking it's it's not one business you know it's like across right, the board right, like if right. all the subways failed because of a i don't know like a, some kind of a mass flood or something that put everybody underwater or something and that but no yeah. so it's a little different but yeah it point taken teens beat the shit out of her teens and robbed her teens Oh, she was strangled, by the way, too. A homeless man in a wheelchair randomly stabbed a woman in a in the back on a Queens subway platform. Maybe you huh. heard. 57-year-old Daniel Arquette acting erratically on oh, a Jamaica-bound platform. Is he related to um, Rosanna Yes, Arquette? but yeah, yeah it's, it mentions that later on. <laughs> <laughs> 71st Avenue and Queens Boulevard in Forest Hills. He attacked the woman unprovoked. May have been, intox- it may have been intoxicated. A uh, 47-year-old hmm. victim waiting for a train passed by her she felt a pain didn't realize she'd been stabbed you hear that more often than you would think you know they feel an impact or something but they're like right 
you know, I didn't know I was stabbed until I reached, I was going to scratch myself and there was a knife in me. They didn't say that. She felt the pain. Witnesses pointed out and she noticed the blood, a puncture wound to her back. Wow. So I, I wonder she... if like when you get stabbed, if like your body produces all these steroids and hormones immediately to kind of like dull the pain or something like that. Maybe it could be that a lot of the, the pain that you feel when you get stabbed normally, if you, if you see yourself getting stabbed, that's psychosomatic and you know, you just, you add the pain because you see it happening and you know what it is. But it's kind of like coronavirus. It's not really there. It's, you're not really hurt. It's only because you looked at it. It's only because you got tested and you know you have to go to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, that, so do you think that if people got stabbed and just didn't pay attention to it, it would get better? I think that if we all stopped talking about coronavirus, it would go away. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Sometimes I wish that would happen. If we, nobody could do it. No one. You think they could stop talking about it? They'd all be thinking about it anyway. All right. Well, hey, thanks again, Seth Barron. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report.